Hi, this is Ken Morton Jr., and you are on episode number 27 of the Hazel Rockets podcast. We uh, talk all things golf here at Hazel Rockets, and uh, over the next two or three episodes, we're going to take a little bit of a diversion from kind of what we've been talking about in uh, in uh, podcasts past, and talk a little bit about um, some of the really cool uh, diversity and inclusionary things going on in the game of golf. Um, our next uh, couple of guest uh, interviewees um, are experts in that field. Uh, we've got uh, Jane Siebers, who is the executive director for the Morton Golf Foundation here in Northern California, and then uh, Sandy Cross, who is the uh, director of inclusion for the PGA of America on next uh, episode's podcast. And we're even going to try to draw in some other uh, experts in the field and try to explore it a little bit more. Um, my own experience uh, goes back a few years when I was in high school, and this is back in the uh, late 80s. They didn't have boys and girls uh, golf teams. The girls played, if they were good enough, played on the boys teams. And uh, at El Camino High School here in Sacramento, where I went, um, we had a, a very close friend of mine who was in my same class. Uh, her name was Angie Peroni uh, back in those days. Um, she played on our boys team and, and we were very competitive um, uh, in terms of skill and ability all four years. And we had qualified and made it down to play at the Olympic Club, uh, which is a very prestigious uh, place down in San Francisco. They um, have uh, uh, had had U.S. Opens there over the years, and and again, beautiful golf course. Well, as we went into the clubhouse to check in, um, Angie was not allowed in the part of the clubhouse that the rest of us were allowed in back then, and. That was such a strange experience for me because uh, here she was, a close friend, you know, uh, for it to be here and, you know, what we thought of as progressive California was kind of such a weird, uh, a weird experience. And, um, you know, since then, they've made, uh, you know, more changes down there at Olympic Club and, and are, again, one of the more inclusive private clubs in the U.S. now at the point. But that was kind of my first experience. And it all kind of brought to a head here just recently when Pine Valley Golf Club, which is if you if you look at the different uh, rankings of different golf courses um, for Golf Digest and Golf Magazine, Pine Valley is usually in the top one or two golf courses every year. It's uh, in terms of playing experiences, one of the most exclusive and uh, high-ranking golf experiences that you can have around the world. Well, they, up until uh, just a couple months ago, had not ever accepted a woman member um, and have just made that change as well. Um, just recently, they've uh, uh, had Annika Swornstem, who is the, one of the great LPGA legends of our time, uh, Sarah Ingram, who is the uh, current captain of the Curtis Cup, and uh, Megan Stassi, who uh, is a a very, very fine amateur player. She's one of the uh, U.S. women's mid-AM champions. Um, all have been asked and have accepted membership at that club. And so it just kind of got us thinking about um, inclusion, inclusiveness in the game of golf and, you know, how far we've come, uh, some of the things going on to open up this game to everybody. Golf's very much 
built on tradition and it's, you know, it's forever been defined by the rules of etiquette and uh, the attire worn from it and proper behavior and uh, caring for the golf course in an environmentally um, sound way. And, uh, you know, the gentleman's game is kind of what they've called to it. But as the uh, culture of America is challenging the way we think about everything, it's also challenging our sports. Um, you know, Augusta National having uh, Lee Elder hit, uh, being one of the uh, guys to uh, kick off Augusta National and uh, honoring the legacy that he has in breaking down barriers um, is, you know, it's sad here that we're in 2021 and talking about that, but it's um, the reality is, is that it becomes more profound with each passing year. Um, and with all the new generations, that's really um, kind of what where they're stepping in. Um, out of the 582 members of the LPGA Tour, they've got a 31% Asian playing population, but only 10 are African American. Um, even Latina and Hispanic populations are close to 10%. We're just... Again, and, and it's even less so on the PGA Tour. We've got such a, a farther way to go. And representation of golf really matters. Um, Sandy Cross, who we're going to interview in a, a subsequent podcast here, um, again, is uh, they, they call her the chief people officer for the PGA of America, and she oversees diversity, equity, and inclusion for the PGA of America says that it can be uh, part and traced to a Caucasian-only clause that existed on the PGA Tour from 1934 all the way to 1961. And of course, that's going to impact the ability for us to have um, a a diverse uh, customer base, a diverse um, number of golfers around the world. It's just going to, it's just going to have, it's going to take decades for that really to um, change things. And it is slowly We're We're starting to see uh, places like the first tee um, have major impacts on creating a very diverse and far reaching uh, look of who the golfer is around the, the world. So uh, PJ of America is actually working to uh, invest in diversity owned businesses um, and uh in trying to help grow the face of golf through our $84 billion industry. Um, And so that brings us to today's guest. Um, And her name is Jane Siebers. Uh, We have known Jane for a few decades, and we affectionately call her the Energizer Bunny. No one brings more passion, energy, vigor to uh, their job than Jane Um, She is currently the executive director for the Morton Golf Foundation, which is a 5013C nonprofit here in Northern California that raises close to a quarter of a million dollars annually that uh, all goes back to um, the disabled, uh, the underprivileged, and and some of our veterans to help them to help grow the game of golf and I'll let her go into some of the details on some of the amazing special programs that the Morton Golf Foundation is involved in um, and not steal her thunder. Prior to this, she was the events coordinator for the first tee of Greater Sacramento. And when she first got into the golf business, she started her career in a Champions Tour event called the Sacramento Gold Rush. 
And so I am really, really excited to bring Jane into our podcast and let her talk to everybody about some of the amazing things going on here in Northern California and how you can get involved and do some of these same things potentially in your community to really change the face of golf. So without further ado, let us welcome Jane Siebers. Well, Jane, thank you for joining us on Hazel Rockets. Um, for those of you that might not be aware, in the Sacramento region, we have a 5013C called Morton Golf Foundation. And Jane is our executive director for that group. Um, Jane, give us a little background on maybe kind of an overall scope of what Morton Golf Foundation is. Okay, I'm going to go back and say um, 14 years ago, I had worked for the first tee of Greater Sacramento. And Ken Morton Sr. came up with a vision and he wanted to have uh, a nonprofit that turned no person away from playing the game of golf. We're the first tee of Greater Sacramento. They have the ages of 3 to 18. And then after 18, there's no funding or anything that's available through their program. So we started Morton Golf Foundation from, from uh, the grassroots in 2008. And by 2009, we were on the I, you know, with the IRS, we were there for our nonprofit number. And so who, um, through as a foundation, we've kind of got a target, um, and I hear you say it all the time, uh, kind of a target audience on who we're serving out there. Oh, okay, boy. Um, we go back, we give all proceeds back to youth, disabled, and underserved. So let's define each one of those. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the youth, kind of maybe some overall programming within that, uh, custom, that, that clientele. You know, uh, uh, the biggest donor that we give back to is the First Tee of Greater Sacramento. Um, and it's near and dear to all of our hearts because they follow, their mission follows our mission. We all do the core values and uh, and we all give back. And our goal is to make these better um, students and, and better people as they continue to grow. But we have other nonprofits. Special Olympics is another huge one that we have. And Special Olympics touches all ages. We do young kids. We do adults. Um, so we do a lot of stuff with that. And there's a program that's tied into the First Tee and Special Olympics, which is a program called California Eagles. Um, give us a little bit of glimpse of kind of maybe what that program is and what that's about. We have a wonderful program through the First Tee of Greater Sacramento called California Eagles. And what's wonderful is this reaches all ages there are several adults that are in this, and these adults still come back to Hagen Oaks. We see them once a week on Mondays, and they come in as regular golfers with their caregivers to play golf. It's wonderful when I'm at my desk. Every Monday at 2.30, I get a little tap on my shoulder from Anthony, and Anthony's there just to say hi, and he's out there to go play nine holes. So they come here for not only the golf, the golf is one portion, but they come here for the camaraderie. What I think is so great is that, you know, many of these folks have met their very best friends through the program. Um, and because the program originally started as a junior program, but no one can age out. Right. We have kids and I'm doing air right. quotes here right. that are in their fifties now that have been in the program as long as, you know, as I've been around and, um, there's they've got three or four different skill level sets that they can play in, right? Right, right. It's really interesting though, and even Kenny, when you say fifty year olds, they're sixty years old, they're seventy years old. It's marvelous to go out there and see these people, and they'll come in a golf shirt, which they all have Cal Eagle golf shirts, and they'll come in golf hats, and they can all 
enjoy the game of golf. Yeah, I mean, you have some that have won gold medals in the National Special Olympic Games, and there's other where golf is just trying to putt and get it in the hole and everywhere in between, right? Right, right. And what's really nice about um, having the friends as our Cal Eagles, like I had one of them, Jonathan Sparks, came to me, and he wanted to know how he could raise money for Special Olympics to be in the Polar Plunge. Now, that's the Polar Plunge is the largest fundraiser of the year for Special Olympics. So we came up with, why doesn't Jonathan play 100 holes of golf and he can get donations from people for Special Olympics um, and he can do it at Hagen Oaks. So we took Jonathan and put him on our little playing course and he went and collected hundreds of dollars and he collected money to be in the Polar Plunge and 100% of that money went back to Special Olympics. That was at least 10 years ago. Jonathan is still coming to Morton Golf Foundation every single year to find out what kind of a fundraiser can he do to continue to support Special Olympics through the Polar Plunge. That's amazing. He's such a force of nature. Such a force of nature. In fact, he has just recently called me last week to say, with COVID, with him being inside his apartment for the last year, he's got a lot of issues now with hips and knees. And he just wanted a friend and wanted to know if I would come and take him out to lunch. So we're going to go to lunch on Friday. Oh, that's but, awesome. Uh, but, but those friendships stay forever. It's hard when anybody looks at you and said, I want a friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your next bullet was kind of underserved. And I know we've got a grant program in the foundation. Um, maybe give a little background on kind of how that started and maybe kind of uh, maybe a couple big examples of who've been included in that and kind of where it's going going forward. Right. We have a junior golf development grant program, which we fund between the ages of 10 and 18. These people come to us and they're looking for financial aid in order to have their children go and play in different tournaments. Many of these kids have never played outside of our Sacramento region. So it's really wonderful to be able to offer these people money to be able to travel to have the equipment to go to a different golf course and um, but and and actually the coaching even to get there. But what's really interesting more than that, again, with setting the game of golf to the side, these kids get to travel outside of our Sacramento region and they get to interact with other children, which makes them better students and better people. So an example is, you know, we've got a really good playing junior here in uh, Sacramento and they might qualify for a national U.S. kids tournament or an AJGA event, but they don't have the means to be able to get there, right? And oh, that's... Kenny, can I please tell this story? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Can I say the name? Yeah, absolutely. Tavia Burgess. Love that little girl. She's 15 years old. She has been with us probably for the last four years. We have really seen this girl blossom. Four years ago, she would have never looked us in the face. In order to get a junior golf development grant, the junior has to do the interview with a committee. Her parents has to do an interview. And then we interview the parents and the, the student together. Tavia has recently won a few months ago the optimist in her age group to go to Doral Country Club in July in just a few weeks. Yeah. And she is so excited to go. The next night, her dad contacted me to say, she can't go. There's no money for her to travel. Yeah. For one thing, she can't even travel alone. One of us, one of the parents have to go with her. And that's even more money. Yeah. Now what are we going to do? Wow. And, you know, we do get, she has gotten her full, um, her full grant. 
and she in her grant had uh, I think four or five hundred dollars that she was going to buy some new wedges because her coach felt that's what she needed to get to her next level. And her parents said, we're going to forfeit the money for the wedges. We want her to go to the Optimist Tournament. Yeah. Freakishly, in the next 24 hours, some people from the Sacramento Golf Council came to me and said, can Morton Golf Foundation help us? We have some money left over, and we want to be able to uh, give some money to, to a little girl. Let's back up, though, and let's talk about Doris Yates. Yeah, so D Doris was a... Uh a uh, home club member of our women's clubs for probably close to 65 years. She played in them till when she was over a hundred. Yes. And uh, when she passed, uh, dedicated some of those funds back to the Morton Golf Foundation for exactly this reason. Right. To allow kids to be able to experience our great sport of golf more fully. Right. And her only request was to give it to a girl. Yeah. So we contacted a girl and actually, she received the money today. She received the money today. Um, oh, that's so fantastic. I mean, that's such a life experience that she's going to take with her her whole life. Whether, right. I mean, whether she goes to go play the LPGA Tour or becomes a doctor yeah. or a, yeah. you know, or, you know, anything else in course in yeah. life, that's going to have such a profound impact on right. her. At this particular point, though, with her being 15 years old, is all she wants to do is go to play in this golf tournament. She earned it. Yeah. And it was really heartbreaking, I'm sure, when her parents looked at her and said, we can't go. Yeah. And, you know, and she never wanted to say that in front of her peers because there there are runner-ups of the tournament. She could have easily stepped aside and the next person could have gone. But they contacted Morton Golf Foundation knowing we were only a financial vehicle um, and saying, is there any more money? Our very first grant recipient uh, ended up being kind of the model by which this whole program is the reason for it, right? Right. Cameron Champ came to us as a junior in high school. And at that particular time, he needed money to um, to be able to, uh, to travel internationally to play. His goal was to be on the PGA Tour. When I was with the first year of Greater Sacramento, I started, um, when I started there, Cameron Champ was eight years old. My very first day at work, Cameron Champ and I were at 12 Bridges at the time and playing 100 holes of golf. And it was over 100 years old. I mean, it was over 100 degrees. At that particular time, Cameron Champ knew he was going to be a PGA player. Yeah. And and to this day, Cameron Champ would never forget Morton Golf Foundation. No. he, uh, he And actually now he's out on tour, is actually having his own foundation, giving back to kids right. uh, at Foothill Golf Course, right. which is another local golf course that he played in, and uh, down in Texas where he's living now. So uh, he's paying it forward right. for sure. So. But every time we mention Cameron Champ's name, I always go, we cannot forget his sister. His sister actually is a 25-year-old beautiful woman who has special needs and is in our California, uh, you know. The Eagles program. The Eagles program. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So again, uh, kind of full circle there. Uh, the uh, last piece is um, we I know we're doing a lot with uh, vets and uh, folks through the PGA Hope program as well, right? Right, right. You know what? And actually, that's a really interesting one um, because um, the programs are set up. There's there's a group at Mather called the the you know the vets program, and when COVID hit, um, they asked if they could have their money just so they could use them for tea times. They wanted to make sure the vets were out on the golf course and not sitting in front of their television sets. 
there isn't anything more powerful. And I think it's on Fridays that they come to Hagen Oaks when you see all these people with their shirts on and is in, and you're thanking them for their service. Men, women, I mean, of all ages that are, are members of PGA Hope. Yeah, the, the, the Hope program, if you're not uh, super familiar with it, is, is an amazing program that was started uh, here in Northern California by the Northern California PGA and is uh, a developed program for um, originally for those that might be dealing with injuries, either physical or mental, uh, where, you know, maybe dealing with PTSD or we've got a lot of amputees or yeah. those that are restricted to playing golf in our access golf carts that can go all over the greens and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the stories we hear from them, I, I, they'll, they'll, I mean, I, right now, the, the hair on my arm is sticking up on end. Um, I mean, it's literally saving lives in some yeah. cases, right? Oh, can I tell a story? Sure. Okay. Our largest fundraiser of the year is called Golf and Guitars. And every single year we give one foursome, which is a value of $2,000 to PGA Hope to allow them to invite four different PGA Hope members uh, complimentary to come and play in this big charity golf tournament that we hold during the concert. Yeah. And just I'll throw in there, they get a chance to play with uh, country music star, uh, Jason Michael Carroll, who is a former Marine himself and absolutely spoils these four guys while they're out in the golf course. Yeah. So, yeah. or ladies, I should say, yes. Yeah. And actually, what's so powerful about this, though, is as, as the concert is happening, Ping comes in, gives them a full set of golf clubs, and it's very patriotic and red, white, and blue, and, and everything, and names on the bags and stuff. And I mean, there's four guys sitting up or women sitting up on stage just with their mouths open because yeah. they cannot believe, you know, getting a standing ovation from 3000 3, people, people out in the audience. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a pretty moving experience, but now I want to take that one step further. Now yeah. it's a year later and these guys are on the waiting list and I got a chance to call them last week. Two of the people that played in, in uh, PJ hopes um, foursomes, they want to pay $500 each because it was such a wonderful experience to make sure that they're still in golf and guitars. And that 500 is going back to re being re reinvested back to other vets, which is, right. which is amazing. So, right. Right. Um, we, you mentioned golf and guitars, which is a big music country music festival. That is the Morton golf foundation's biggest fundraiser of the year. Um, at that event, it's a two night event. The first night is a singer songwriter night. The second night is a big concert on the golf course, but that first night, uh, is held dear to our hearts because of a special scholarship program. And I was hoping you might be able to touch upon that. Oh my God, this is this is like um, really passionate in my heart. But anyway, these these particular people around uh, Christmas time, I send out uh, an email to all golf coaches and athletic directors within a 50 mile radius of Hagen Oaks, asking them to please forward our application to ask any um, high school senior to apply that has played golf in high school, been a member of the first tee of Greater Sacramento, uh, Sacramento, or who have worked at a golf facility, um, they can apply for the scholarship. It has nothing to do with the child or the student playing golf in college. It has everything to do with high school accomplishments. So. Then we have a committee that actually goes out and chooses. Our goal is never to turn a child away. So as long as they met the requirements, we hope that they will, you know, that they'll get the scholarship. So an example this year is how many scholarships and how much money is given away? Oh, 
Can I back up for a second? Yeah, for I'm sure. Gonna, now I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to answer Kenny and say 20 scholarships, $40,000. But what's really powerful about what happened this year is we had lost some funding and we went into a meeting, a board meeting in February, and we looked at our board on Zoom and said, we lost some funding and we only have $9,000 to give out to 20 students. Now what? And Tom Morton, who is our president of Morton Golf Foundation, looked at the screen and said, we are a fundraising board. Frank LaRosa stepped up and said, I'll, I'll take this on as a project. We got 30 days. What are we going to do? Within 30 days, the board came together, opened up their own purse strings, and we had $40,000. So $40,000 this year went out to um, Morton Golf Foundation scholars. Then let's just talk about golf and guitars as we're coming up into October. Yeah. So after um, when every one of the kids let me know what's, what college they're attending and now the checks need to be cut and they have to be given to their college, I send them a little note and say, October 18th on Monday, we're doing the singer-songwriter night at Golf and Guitars. That's normally always the night that we invite all the scholars and their family to be recognized on stage. We do realize a lot of them, due to the fact that it's an October event this year, due to COVID, that some of them will not be with us. I got multiple people back saying, can my family come? And of course, the answer back from Morton Golf Foundation was, of course, who else is going to cheer when we say your name on stage? <laughs> that is the embodiment of Jane right there, if you've, if you've not ever met her before. Um I have two questions left for you, and and both are a little bit open-ended. The first being, just in a more philosophical way, why why is it so important, the work that the foundation is doing in, in opening up the game to, to everyone? Yeah, you know why? I think, and I, and I said this this morning in a marketing meeting that we had, is it's not the game of golf. It's the experiences we give to children. Every single time that we do something, we give somebody an experience. Be it good, be it bad, learn through the bruises. Everything that we do really grows every child that we touch. Different times, and you know, we all live by the core values. Different times, parents will look at me and say, that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. After I've just looked at their child and said, meet me somewhere at 2 o'clock you know, on the dot because we're doing something at an event. And it's like, no. That's the responsibility, the respect that I need back from that child. We teach those child to be better people to go out in today's world. And that, I mean, that's so important today because there's so many children out there not getting it. We have to, they have to raise the water level for everyone, right? Yeah, that's right. um, For those that are listening out there uh, that may be local to Sacramento, that may not be and want to learn more or uh, help contribute to what the foundation is doing, uh, what kind of direction can you provide them? Oh, man. The biggest thing to do is go to mortongulffoundation.org. We have a wonderful website that we constantly keep up. Um, We're doing, we're we're constantly doing things that you can help us with. There's always volunteering you can do. We use, we use youth as long as, uh, along with adults for every event that we do. Um, Can I just talk about the Valero? For sure. Okay. Tom Morton's doing something. He really stepped up to the plate last year when it's like we were, you're always trying to think of a better event that we can do to raise more money. Tom Morton is playing on September 24th, 25th, and 26th, a three-day event in Sacramento. 
There are um, 32 business people in Sacramento that got invited into the Valera Capital Cup. The, the one thing that you have to uh, do, it's a $2,500 buy-in, and you have to tell the Valera Capital Cup back that you choose a charity of your choice and you can raise 30000 or more. Last year during COVID, they raised $1.8 million, which was bigger in our Sacramento than the big day of giving. That's amazing. And Morton Golf Foundation is very proud to say we're now in our second year. This is where if you could ever go to mortongolffoundation.org, hit the donate button. This, this is where all our proceeds go back to youth, disabled, and underserved. And with that program, most of that money is being then funneled back into grants directly for kids who, yes. so that they can go play golf who might not normally have that opportunity, right. right? You know, and again and again and again, we constantly say this back to our board as we educate everybody about Morton Golf Foundation. Every single person out there is underserved. Everyone has their own story. It's just unbelievable when we hear the stories no matter how affluent you are no matter how much money you have there's a story there where there's a need many times it doesn't only have to be financial need they need our assistance sure sure jane thank you very much for sharing about the morton golf foundation uh as she mentioned there if you would like more information you go to mortongolffoundation.org and uh, we will pick up this next podcast with uh, learning some more from Sandy Cross with the PGA and uh, learning more about uh, how our game can be more inclusive and uh, and learn more about how we can uh, continue to change and make this game even greater than it is before. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.